Let's just start the damn podcast. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to uh, KYD with MJ Fitzpatrick and Hollywood. Yes, say hello. Hollywood. That is me, Mr. Jonathan <laughs> France. How you doing, man? Great. Awesome. Really good. Your uh, all the kerfuffles done. All right. Well, where should we start? Uh, well, this is our first episode. Maybe you want to tell the listeners um, what's our intention cool. for, for the podcast cool. to start off with. Yeah, so I think the work we do is pretty awesome. Um, and specifically the work we do with men. And I think there's so much in what we do, right? Like we literally take guys away for three days, seven days, and we might talk for 30 hours in a seminar or 70 hours over a seven day seminar. And every time we do it, it's different. And so we have these pillars of relationships or health or, you know, relating to yourself, thinking about yourself, overcoming your demons that I think guys can get so much out of. And unless they're gonna to come to a seminar, they're gonna miss it. And so I think by doing this, we're gonna to start to find these threads that we pull. Like there's certain things that I can talk about where no matter what room we're in, anywhere in the world, all the guys go silent and they're all like paying attention. Mm. And I think if we can find those pieces and kind of start giving them to guys, it'll just bring them so much. And then the second thing is, you know, we call it KYD, which stands for kill your demons. Like actually start to explain to the guys watching this who are struggling with, you know, feeling like they don't like themselves, hating themselves, beating themselves up, criticizing themselves, don't feel hurt in their relationship, don't feel like they can get a woman, feel like they're insecure, feel like no one likes them. Like that whole world of problems that we can really help guys solve, like genuinely solve, not just put a bandaid on mm. uh, and start to give guys, you know, as much as we can uh, so that they can start kind of moving through that. So why kill your demons? Yeah, great. So. First of all, uh, I like the masculine language. I like that it's a bit aggressive. And it's quite aggressive. It's super aggressive. We probably couldn't, we could call it murder your demons. Um, I like that it's aggressive. Guys resonate with it. Mm. Um, and it's also just like, it just cuts the bullshit. I think that, you know, we've done, between the two of us, uh, the rest of our team and the people we've had come through our programs, We've had people do every self-help modality under the sun. Psychedelics, Tony Robbins, Landmark, uh, you know, pick up. Mm -hmm. uh, loads of pick up. Lo yeah, loads of pick up. Yeah. Um, you know, exercise, psychologists, psychotherapists, somatic healing, sound healing, like ALS, like they've done them all. Mm. And it's like, and I've done a lot and you've done a lot as well. And at some point you're like, okay, like, why am I doing this? Why the hell am I spending thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars working on myself, making myself a better person? Like what's the actual end point? And I think, you know, for guys, a lot of the guys we work with are just in a lot of pain and they're looking for the answer. They're looking how to get out of pain. And what they do is they just exchange one pain for another pain. So they exchange the pain of feeling like they're not enough for the pain of wishing they had a hotter girlfriend. So they've, you know, they've, they've pushed feeling like they're not enough down and they've taught themselves how to be better with women or in business or whatever it is, but the actual original pain is still in there and they're just making their place and their mind and their life, you know, a nicer version of the same problem mm -hmm. rather than actually trying to be free of the problem, which is what we help guys do. So I love that it triggers people. Um, I really like that because it's like, we need to cut through. There's so much bullshit in our industry 
Uh, there's no one else who stands for men and does it well, I think. There are other companies who just work with men, but it's very like, be an alpha male and wear suits and get a mohawk and mm. crush it. Mm. And I just think that's ridiculous. Um, you know, that, that has its place, sure, but that's not the masculine, that's not the point of life. Uh, and that's still compensating, it's still avoiding for me. So I, I like that. And then also, you know, underneath it all, it gets guys into the room. At the end of the day, that's the thing. It gets guys into the room, you know, because it's actually not kill your demons, it's actually love your demons. But in every room that we do, we ask the question, how many guys would have come to this seminar if it was called love your demons and three guys put their hand up. And it's the guys, you know, the forklift drivers, the bricklayers, the, those like just salt of the earth guys that we get into the room they're not coming if it's called Love Your Demons. And they're the guys that like... They needed the most. Yeah, they needed the most. Yeah, no, very interesting. Um, I, I, I want to touch on the personal development world because like I know, you know, we've spent... You can spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in this industry. Yeah. And like you said, going down a rabbit hole, where does it really stop? Yeah. So why... You know, and, and it's not to say that Kill Your Demons is... The stop, yeah. Like it doesn't have to be the stop for these people that walk in the door, yeah. But it's an opening for something, yeah. and it's different, yeah. So why don't you explain why is it different from, uh, you know, your your typical like event, yeah, personal development event. Great. What's happening in Kill Your Demons? Yeah. Man, I wish we could like move the cameras so you could see the insanity of the like models that you know, all the shit that's on the wall. They're, they're all over the place yeah. here, and it's great, because, you know, you're... I do shit. You yeah. refer to yourself as, or sometimes, as an artist. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's the approach that you have with your work. Yeah, I mean, that's it. And that's genuine. That is how I look at this. Yeah. I mean, look, how is it different? Well, first of all, we go to the bottom of the rabbit hole, and that's so important, because it's like, you know, we have guys, again, who've done every modality, and they're like, this is the deepest work I've done. The deepest, the scariest... I mean, I, I can think about that most recent program that we had where we had a guy in his 60s and, and the amount of layers that we had to process to get to what was the bottom of the rabbit hole for him, which was regret. And seeing the look on his face, and, and you've been in a program where I've done the work and I've just gone, I've just frozen and I'm just pale with fear and I'm sweating because it's like my deepest fear is coming out. You know, this 60-year-old man, like... That, getting to the place of that fit where it's like, this is the stuff you don't even think about because you're so scared of thinking about it that you might actually then talk about it and this is the stuff you just keep locked in the basement. Now, you know, how is this different? Why does this work? Because that's the stuff that is the root of it all, right? So it's like, it, you know, and, and I think about my life, it, you know, both in a, in a personal sense and a professional sense, it was me following a rabbit hole that got me here. So. It started with confidence, right? Mm. You know, I, I learned how to change my state. I learned how to use confident language. I learned how to be assertive. I learned how to make decisions. I learned how to be with girls. Great. Set of problems solved, but still something didn't feel right. Okay, great. Well, what was underneath confidence? Okay, well, what's underneath confidence is, you know, feeling like I'm not enough. Okay, great. Learn how to love myself, right? Learn how to use the tools to experience love. Learn how to connect with my emotions, all that sort of stuff. Okay, great. Something still doesn't feel right. Well, what's underneath feeling like I'm not enough? Well, underneath feeling like I'm not enough is all of the deepest, darkest reasons from my childhood, teenager, or wherever it is. And that doesn't necessarily mean trauma where I've gone through experiences to make me feel like there's something wrong with me. I don't deserve love. Mm -hmm. I deserve to be in pain. I deserve to feel like I hate myself. Whatever's down there, right? In that kind of layer that, 
you know, you know you found when you're scared to even talk about it. That's mm. the stuff where it's like, you know, that little five-year-old boy within you who got rejected or got bullied or felt like he was wrong, he's the one that's controlling all of these layers of masks. And until you get to the source of it, it's going to keep popping up. And this is why we meet guys who are so frustrated. I've done the stuff. I've done what I'm told to do and I still feel the same way. You still feel the same way because no one's taking you deep enough. Mm. And there's so much in that, right? How do you get someone to that deep level? Why do they find the deep? Like we could spend six hours talking about that deep level. Cause then you'll ask, okay, well then what's underneath the little boy? Mm. Underneath that little boy that's terrified and all of the fears and stress and worry like the deepest insecurities you have, what's underneath that? Well, what's underneath that is who you really are. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you have to go towards the pain. You know, Joseph Campbell, who, I mean, look, I think he's overrated, but you know, he copied a lot of Carl Jung's work, who wrote The Hero with a Thousand Faces, talks about the whole hero's journey. You know, he's got this famous quote, follow your bliss. You know, Jordan Peterson will say, actually, that's a misquote, it's follow your blisters. And that's like, it's true because most guys, feel doubt or anxiety and they're like, okay, how do I avoid this? How do I avoid this? Smoke weed, watch porn, mm. you know, uh, listen, you know, play computer games. How can I just avoid this? Okay, great. If instead of avoiding it, what if I went towards it? What if I learned the skill set and the way of being and understanding and got given this kind of, you know, manual for my mind where when I feel self-doubt, I can actually work with it. Mm. That, that, that I see that as a, as a program or a problem or a what it's actually building a personality in my mind and deal with it so that it doesn't come up anymore, right? Okay, great. You do that enough times and what you'll start to notice is there's layers of who you are. There's a layer of, you know, I've literally got the bottle over there. There's a layer of thinking, there's a layer of feeling and then underneath the layer of feeling is who you really are, which is you and your spirit. Now, if you're a militant atheist, use whatever metaphor works for you, right? Your spirit, your soul, your purpose, the original self, who you were before you picked up all your patterns, you know, the metaphors are relevant, but the reason that guys are so connected to our work, number one is because we stand for men and we're unapologetic about it, right? Yes, it's 2019. Yes, everything. And men are fucking, men are checking out of life at an alarming rate and we're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. Mm. So that, like, okay, let's solve that problem. Great. And then underneath that, the reason guys connect with our work is because it's like, well, let's just, Let's just cut the shit. You're either in here to clear your fear or you're not. And you know, we meet guys who are all about it. And then when it comes time to fucking being on the court, they run away. And you know, that's what they're meant to do and all power to them. But it's hard. But when you can get underneath all of that and find the real you and like, I mean, we have so many moments we can talk about where some guy steps into his real self and the whole room changes. Right, I'm thinking about that first Sydney program we did with a guy with his hands in the ice with you. That moment where he stepped into his, his, his masculine at his core and the whole room was like, like I'm even getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, w what the fuck is that? Warrior yeah. style energy. Just that, just that and, and that's happened a couple of times. That happened in New York and this guy was like, he literally said to me, we, you know, we were on the third floor and he was like, I feel like right now if I jumped out that window, I would land on my feet. That's how like masculine and ready to go to war. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, okay, well, definitely don't do that. Don't do that. Right? Even though you signed a waiver, don't do that. Um, but yeah, it's like, that's the shit, right? Mm. But you have to go through, I mean, it's, it's the story, right? You have to kill the dragon to get the gold. 
and guys are unwilling to confront their dragons, unwilling to confront their demons, whatever you want to call it. But if you can do it, you can find the reward, which is the real you. Okay, a few things. Great. Because there was a lot in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did say we should have fun and get fired up. Um, yeah, hell yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the, the first thing is a little bit lighthearted. I had a guy, uh, after we finished one of our Kill with Demon seminars in Melbourne, uh, come, he came up to me and he said, you know, you guys are a stand for men and that's great, but do you still like women? And I was like, holy moly. No. Like, I'm like, holy moly. No, we that, hate women. You know, because yeah. women, women now, are, uh, you know, we don't want to disregard them. And yeah, really important. So, so what do you say to someone that comes up and it's like, why do you, yeah, we know why we're here for men because, you know, the suicide rates are alarming yep. and, you know, your work is formulated from women and now yes. it feels right yes. to be with men. Yep. And, and, you know, it's a great, you're, you're right, like not many companies are a true stand for men. Yeah, oh, like there's like five. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally, like we could Google, you know, men's training and in, the ones in that, Sydney, Australia. Well, not even in Sydney, in the world, yeah, the yeah. ones that are literally actually working for men who have a sustainable business, there's probably five. So, how do we address that that lighthearted question of like, you know, what do you think about women? Like, when yeah, well, comes you, up, just, you just tell that guy we hate women. So, <laughs> oh, that's why. No. That's why we disregard women. We are men's rights activists. We hate all women. Uh, and yeah, we're just starting a gay cult. That's, Dude, what, that's what I would say. <laughs> that's what I would say. I'm so excited for someone to click that and use that against me. It's like, I mean, look. I mean, there's so many ways to approach that question. The first is why are you assuming. Like, it's the assumption. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, dude, yes. nowhere have I said it. And that's the bit for me. That's it. I'm like, like I, you know, I told a, a woman who I just met, you know, I work with men, and she says, oh, that's not very 2019, is it? And I'm like, where's, like, where have we gotten to a place in our society so rapidly where you're assuming by me saying I work with men that it's somehow bad for women? Perfect, because what my mind did was rush to explaining that we don't like we do we're not against women yeah. like i was reassuring him yeah. that it's okay yeah but the real question the deeper question yes. is and i've learned this from you yes. is why are you assuming exactly. that there's something wrong in the first place exactly yeah and that's the bit that's the that, bit that's a hundred that is the thing that like we stand we're standing because look like you know you know, I just recently I got engaged in the last week like you know i've been with my girlfriend my fiance for five years like like, and I can speak for you and, you know, we literally worship women. Oh, like, hell yeah. Uh, totally. It's our yeah, glorious. It is, they, they it is, can do what we teach. Yes. In, in seconds. Second. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, like you could not find guys who like, I'm just in awe of women all the time. Yeah. And the assumption is somehow by us just working with men that, that we hate women. And I'm like, what? And you can't talk about that. That's the thing. Me just explaining all that. No, mm. no, you're part of the problem. I'm like, How, wait, what? Mm. It's it, it's whenever I get into a situation, I'm like, oh, I don't feel safe to, to say this right now. I, this is the truth in how I think about the truth, but I don't feel it's like I can't talk about this. And I, to that guy, I'd be like, that's actually your shit. That that that's his stuff. It is. That's his patterns playing out that he assumes without and it doesn't even question his own assumption that we hate women i'm like why why would you do that mm. so it's because i wrestle with this i'm like you know we have another friend i should probably ask him if he wants to be named so i won't name him who uh you know runs a mental health charity for young boys and he always takes the track of like you know of working with them 
feeling like, hey, you know, I mean, because the, the other answer would be actually in many ways we are working with women because most women on the planet are attracted to men. We work with men and, you know, all the men we work with will become fathers and will mm -hmm. become husbands. And by working with them, the fathers and the husbands they will be will be infinitely better. That's a great point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one way of answering that question. Yeah, totally. My personality yeah. is like, well, yes, all of that, but it's actually your shit. Yeah. You're asking me to solve your, like, what's there for you. And so that's what I would say to him. And I would want him to reflect on that. And to be honest, you, like, you have to be in the right space to say something like that to someone. Mm. Um, but because we're going to, we're going to keep coming up against this. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Great. That's a good answer. Thanks, man. Yeah. You said you had a couple of things. Yeah, I do have a couple of things. Uh, the second thing is a little more deeper. Um, you know, a lot of work in, in the, the world of trauma and personal development, and like you say, going deep into the mm -hmm. rabbit hole, there's always a childhood experience, a little boy. Yeah. Um, for people that really don't understand that, but yeah. want to dig a little bit deeper because yeah. they've got some stuff that they want to deal with. Yeah. What is the little boy yeah. and or the little girl? Yeah. And why are we always going back to that? Yeah. Hectic. All right. I'm really, I'm really, this is such a simple question. Okay, great. All right. <laughs> Let me just figure out how to do this. You make me facetious when you say that? <laughs> oh my God. Such a simple question. All right. Explain the little boy. All right, I'm gonna to have to explain like seven things before we can explain the little boy. All right, let's say you're watching this for the first time and you have zero idea about yourself or your mind. We need to like put some things down before we can get to the little boy. Okay, so the first thing is you often get told to be yourself. Mm. Okay, there's two core components of that sentence. Be, we'll deal with that in a future episode, and yourself, <laughs> right? I don't want to get into being and doing right now. That's We're uh, doing one word. Yeah, yeah, literally. We'll, we'll do that in the future. Let's focus on yourself. Okay. Who are you? All right. Well, you, you are so many things. You are all these different roles you play. You're a father. You're a son. You're a husband. You're a brother. You're uh, an employee. You're a boss. You're, you're all these different roles. They're all slightly different forms of you. You know, you, you're also an, a set of emotions. You're a physical body. You're a set of... Um, of thoughts and you know your spirit they're, they're like the four key parts of you you have your physical self your emotional self your mental self and your uh physical emotional mental and spiritual right and okay great so there's all those different components of you so the key thing to realize whenever you say yourself is that you're multifaceted you're you're more than one thing right like when when you're in vegas uh with the lads versus when you're sitting down with your mom and dad versus when you're with your clients versus when you're um, when you're with your you know, cousins or with a niece or nephew, mm. you're different forms of yourself, right? It's still you and you don't change it that much, but you do change, right? Like there are things, I, there are topics we might talk about, which I won't talk about with my parents. And that's like, everyone does that. It's yes. really wise, right? Okay, so the problem is, well, what are you in all of those things? What's the quote unquote real you? And you're like, okay, great. Well, how do I find the source? If there's all these different parts of me, right? There's my spiritual self, my emotional self, my physical self. How do I find the thing that's the, that's the real me, right? Am I who I am when I'm drunk? Is the real me who I am when I'm at work and I'm closing deals? Is the real me when I am when I'm lying in bed with my girlfriend and I'm looking her deep in the eyes? Like, what's the, the real me? And you're like, okay, well, that's a rabbit hole. 
Mm. Following that back is a rabbit hole. And when you follow it back, you get to who you were when you were a child. Who you were in, you know, I don't, I'm not lucky enough to have kids yet, you know, neither are you, but we're lucky to work with a lot of men who have kids and they'll say things like, by the time a kid is three, and I, look, I don't know enough of the research, but I might, you know, uh, my like layman's understanding of the research is this is what tracks out. By the time you're three, you're you. Mm. Right? By the time you're three, right, like you're you. And it's tough to hear. Sure. Really? Why is it tough? Well, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've got so much more to, to oh, go oh, into. Of course. I mean, there's a there's a paradox at the at the kind of at the core of humanity is that you're you're perfect as you are, yeah, and you're also imperfect as you are. Yes. And guys get caught in that. Either one or the other. Or I'm never gonna stop growing. I'm never I'm never gonna be out of the game. Or nah, I don't have to do anything. I'm good, mm. right? We see guys. It's actually it's about both. It's about using. You know, Gary Vee will talk about using two opposite truths and finding the middle. Um, Jocko Willink does the same thing. The dichotomy of leadership, and that's actually a Taoist idea of you know the yin and the yang. It's about finding that balance between the two. So you go down this rabbit hole, and as a child, let's just let's call it your essence, mm-hmm. right? So like you know, I like pushing buttons. I, 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 I have a big gesture in me. Like, that was there when I was three, right? Like, I, you know, my, my auntie has memories of me, um, you know, she's trying to do something on the computer and I'm next to her and I'm like four and I take the mouse off her and I say, honey, honey, auntie, I'll do this. I'm the technological, technological wizard of the family or something ridiculous like that, right? I'm like three years old. You know, when you look at photos of me as a kid, I'm just always smiling. Right? Yeah. My, and my parents will talk about you were just so full of joy. You were such a joyful baby, and I'm a very joyful dude. So that original essence is in there. And again, you look at a kid who's two or three or four, and they're just pure self-expression. Mm. There's no hesitation. There's no questioning. There's no are you going to like this or not. It's just here I am. Now, what happens to all of us? It's a universal experience, and we can go into why it's a universal experience. But again, that's a big bloody rabbit hole. Is at the end of the day, you go through those experiences and then as a little kid, you get hit and you get hit by, my parents don't love me, there's something wrong with me, the kids at school don't like me, the girl said no, the guy said no, and all of a sudden you self-express and it doesn't work. Mm. And it doesn't work. You get shut down. You get shut down. Or you just don't even get the reaction that you want. Like I remember my moment, of the first moment of this. And I didn't even get shut down. I just didn't get the answer yes, mm. right? And then in that moment, your brain, and this is, the, this is the moment where your defense mechanisms, your patterns of pushing people away, shutting down your emotions, not talking to people, this is where it's like the genesis, the first moment, your brain says, huh, I was just authentic and it didn't work. I can't be authentic anymore because it didn't work. And so from that moment forward, your brain now has well, I can be authentic, but I was authentic and it didn't work. I have to sacrifice my authenticity to get attachment, right? And so in that moment, like, let's say you were really joyful in that moment. As a kid, you were just laughing. I mean, we had a guy in our most recent program whose moment of this was, um, he was, he was sitting down watching a TV, watching a cartoon with his um, classmates. And he was the only one laughing at the cartoon and none of them else were laughing. And they turned around and looked at him. And in his four or five years old, whatever reason, his brain in that moment said, oh, I'm the odd one out. Yeah. I don't get it. I'm weird. 
people are unsafe. And in that moment, that, that just joyful being of just pure self-expression gets locked away because your brain's like, it's dangerous. We can't bring this out. We're going to get rejected. And why are we scared of rejection? Because as a social animal, if you get rejected by the tribe, you die. So it rejects that uh, emotional feeling? It, it rejects just, it's just the authenticity. Yeah. And so you, what your brain says is your brain, because again, your brain's very smart. Your brain's like, okay, why did I get rejected? And again, you're only four or five, so you can't be like, well, number one, I didn't get rejected. Number two, that was my dad's shit, not mm. my shit, yeah. right? Number three, this has nothing to do with me. My parents are getting a divorce. Got it's not on me. to do with you. Exactly, but you, you can't, it don't, you don't have that capacity yet. So at that time, it's, it's completely you. Okay, great. So what is it about me that just led me to get rejected? Well, you were, you were too joyful. Okay, I can't be too joyful anymore. And who makes that assumption? Who, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. It's child just happens it, oh, okay. automatically. It just, it just fires. Got it. This is all just happening, right? And then in that moment, your brain creates a check and it creates a little piece of software which is constantly looking. The way to think about it is it's like a security guard um, who's, who's looking at a CCTV camera and he's got his hand on the button and he's watching your life and every time you're being joyful, he's checking. Am I being too joyful? Mm, now, wow. if you're asking yourself the question, am I being too joyful? You're not going to be joyful at all because exactly. you're in your head. You're not experiencing, you're not in the flow of life. And from that moment forward, your whole life becomes defined by whatever the thing is. So my version of that was, you know, I had this conversation and the end point was there's something wrong with me. And that, in that moment, I was five years old, four years old, and my brain decided there's something wrong with me. And my whole life, became about how do I make sure there's nothing wrong with me? Mm. And that, that became my life. So I was obsessed with being right, for example. This is my defense mechanism, right? I will be very intellectual, I will learn shit, and no matter how we argue, I will beat you, because if I'm wrong, then there's something wrong with me, right? Because I'm, I'm trying to avoid that feeling ever again. And so when we talk about the little boy, I said I have to talk about a bunch of stuff, but we did get there. When I talk about the little boy, what I mean is, those experiences that we have all gone through, mm. right? Those experiences where we're the only kid laughing in class. Those experiences where our brothers beat us up. Those experiences where we whack a really cute boy and we ask him out and he says no, right? Those experiences, what happens in that moment is, like when you go through trauma, it's like your brain fractures and a part of you gets stuck in that moment. Like a little, literally a, a piece of you gets, goes down into your, into your body, gets stuck there and he's just living in that moment for the rest of your life and you have all of these, um, all of these like defense mechanisms so you don't have to feel that again, mm. right? And then most people are working on these defense mechanisms, self-doubt, overanalyzing, feeling like you're not enough, being aggressive, being defensive, not connecting with people, not opening up, not displaying your emotions. That's all the surface stuff. It's defense mechanism. This is all defense yeah. protection mechanism. Protection What's underneath it all is a little boy who felt like he needed to be protected. Yeah. And by going and finding him. Now, this is so hard. This, everything that I've just described is so hard, right? Like, I mean, we, we teach guys how to make it easier, but you're, you're like, you're asking your brain to take you to the moments you've lived your whole life trying to avoid feeling. Right, like, uh, you know, I mean, we can just, we could spend all day listing examples, but guys who feel like they're the odd one out mm -hmm. is a huge one, right? Uh, guys who feel like there's no point there's no point, the game is rigged against them, they can't win no matter how much they try. 
People hate me. People are untrustworthy. I can't believe in people lost everything. I've lost everything. No matter what, I'm going to lose everything. No matter what happens, I'm going to lose everything. No matter what happens, people are going to discover the real me. Right? And, and again, we could just list them over and over and over again. And by finding a little boy, and the little boy is actually a collection of little boys, right? And healing him, you solve the set rather than just working on just, you know, just self-doubt or confidence. Yeah, rather than working on confidence, four-year-olds are confident, right? Four, three-year-olds, they're confident. They don't give a shit. Okay, well, if we can go and find the moments where we learned that we weren't that and undo that, then the real us can come out. And that's how we work with guys. It's like back to front, mm. right? It's like, you know, what we often say, it's not what you start doing, it's what you stop doing. Okay, let's stop being everything else other than who we really are. And that's what will come out. And so now someone could say, yeah, but how do you know all that's true? Well, a couple of reasons, you know, number one, uh, it's true because it's the most obvious thing in the world once you start approaching life this way and you literally will find little boys, mm. right? So experimentally it's true. Like, you know, if, if you came in, if you come into one of our seminars and you come into a room with us, we can take you to your little boy. Now, either that's true and the little boy is actually there or your brain's somehow making it all up. Okay, well, which one of those is probably more obvious? Well, the fact that it feels experientially like the little boy is there and you can remember the moment and it's an actual memory that you have and you go there and you remember, we have guys there and they're like, holy crap, I remember this moment. This mm. is the thing. Mm. I, have a, I have four or five vivid memories in my mind where I'm like, yeah, I, I know this happened. This was me, right? So that's one way we know it's true. Number two, like, you know, I stood with Bessel van der Kolk, who's like the leading trauma expert in the world. And I explained, hey, is this how it works? And he said, yes, that is 100% how it works, right? It's like you go through trauma, your, person, your, your consciousness splits in all these different facets and those facets get buried because they're too painful. And then your brain builds defense mechanisms on top of every facet to make sure you don't feel that again. And that is like, that is, the, that is the summary of 12 years of my own personal development. I've personally spent 100K. Don't know how much you've spent. I'm into that bracket. Yeah, like, and, and all of the modalities we've gone and learned. And at the end of the day, that's the bit. If you can learn how to do that oh, yourself, find little boys, there's multiple of them. And, and when, when, we, when we hear, when we talk about this, we don't mean inner child work. We don't mean think about your inner child and think about what he would like. Oh, and, okay. and, then, and then, you know, like, because inner child work, it, like, so much of the work, it's still, you're in your fucking head. You're mm. trying to think your way to it. This is like, let go and have no control over your own process and let your body guide you. Let your body take you where it wants you to go. And your body will take you to a little boy. It will take you to the trauma if you make it feel safe enough, right? And hey, not everyone's ready to do this work, right? Like you have to be in a very stable, stable place to do what we're talking about because it's so hard. Mm. It's so hard, but you can complete it and integrate that little boy. Like we, like guys make quantum shifts in their life. And that, you know, that's why we have guys say to us, you know, I got more out of this three day program than out of the 10 day program I've been elsewhere. That's like, we had a guy who spent 50K and nine weeks on another program. And he said, if I can have my time over again, I'd do this first. I still do the other program, mm. but I do this first because this is the thing. And it's it's hard and it's scary, but if you can find those little boys, and again, this is what we teach guys how to do, and you can clear them, it's it's you're solving a different class of problems, right? And and you've seen it, I've seen it, like you see it in people. Mm. You know, 
if you're watching this, go back and watch one of my earlier videos and compare how I'm speaking now how, to how I was then. I'm just so much freer now. Mm. I'm so much more relaxed now. And I'm not like in people's faces. I'm like just joyful and having a good time. And that's because I've done the work. Same thing with you, right? Like, and we see this over and over and over and over again. And, you know, guys' relationships change. Their relationship with their boyfriend, their girlfriend completely shifts. Their business shifts. They leave their job and get a new job that's more aligned. They, I mean, we've had one guy who's, who's lost 30 kilos. He's got 20 kilos to go in like, what, in like 12 weeks, 14 weeks. And he's like, yeah, because it's always the emotional stuff that's holding you back in every area of your life. It's always, mm. it's not everyone in here, everyone in the world knows how to lose weight. Eat less food than you burn. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, you've got a thyroid problem. I mean, you'd know way more about this, but like, sure, there are, you know, exceptions yeah, to that rule. Definitely. But as a general rule, 80% of the population, whatever it is, is gonna fit into that. Okay, great. Why are we overweight? It's not the lack of knowledge. Mm. It's these deeper, like the deepest possible stuff that's holding us back from executing on that knowledge. Once you clear that, life just becomes like in the matrix where he's, you know, Neo has that moment where he's like, oh, I know Kung Fu. Cause it's just, it's just lessons into your brain, nothing in the way and you execute on the lessons. And when, when your life becomes that, you're joyful, you're in your spirit, you can let go of your head and you can just stimulus, like you can just learn a lesson and execute, learn a lesson and execute, learn, you know, you know you're out of the matrix and you're, you're a hero in that moment. And you know, our whole company is, we help guys get to that moment, that place within themselves, not for that place, but because when you're there, then you can serve. And that's the bit, right? It's like, you know, I, I uploaded a video today, like one of the deepest questions that men ask themselves, we all ask ourselves is what's the point? Okay, we have to answer that question. If you don't answer that question, you're basically screwed as a dude. At the deepest level, what is the point of your existence? If you don't answer that question, you're fucked, right? Now, why do guys get depression? Why do guys get in massive amounts of pain? Because some guys answer that question with, well, what's the point of my life? The point of my life is to be in pain. Because if you've lived, and I've sat with people who've told me this is what they thought the point of life was. If your whole life has been one trauma after the other, 40 years of pain and suffering and failure, what's the natural logical reason to that? Oh, the point of my life is to experience pain. Yeah, you're like, by the time they, they get there, that. they just learn. That. Well, it's obvious, right? Like, if you've had if you've had thirty five shit years and five good years, of course, some part of you is going to be like, "Well, the point is for me to just feel pain," yeah. right? So you have to answer the question, "What's the point?" Well, what's the answer to that question? I mean, for us, and I actually think for all masculine men, and again, if you're triggered and you're saying it's not like this for women, that's your shit. That's not what I'm saying. It's to serve. Mm. It's to serve and to sacrifice ourselves to the greater good in whatever form that takes. I don't care. It could be cooking cupcakes. I don't give a shit, right? But giving yourself to some higher meaning, higher purpose, whatever it is. But before you can do that, you have to sort your shit out. You have to get your shit sorted. And we help guys sort their shit out so that they can serve. And I really think that is how we just change the cultural conversation around masculinity because that's what it is, right? That's what the masculine is. Does everybody have shit? Yes. Yeah? I've met one person in my life who didn't, it was a, she was a woman, didn't seem like she had any shit. Well, she's done a lot of clearing on herself to... Yeah, but everyone has it. And yeah. the people that you meet who tell you that they don't have shit, that's how you know they have shit. Because mm. these moments that you talk about, you know, being a little boy, a little girl... This is so fun, by the way. Yeah, it's great. This is great. These, so, this, this these, is... these moments, um, they seem normal. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, it just seems normal. It just seems like this is how life eventuates. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's an instance and you get crushed uh, and you lock that part away inside mm -hmm. you talk about. Yep. Um, and, you know, you, there's a part of you that you're not expressing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, is it a bad thing? Is it a no. negative thing? No. Like that this happens? No, it's just normal. Yeah, it's normal. It's being That's human. really important. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, really important. It's going to keep happening. Great. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example from my own life. So, been with my fiance. So, it's very cool to say that. Uh, been with my fiance for five years now. And just before we started dating, I took a series of actions where I nearly destroyed the relationship. Like about two weeks before we started dating. And I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. I didn't even I didn't even think about the consequences of my actions. I was just fucking doing things. And I nearly broke the relationship. And I have this moment, I still have it in my mind of I'm you know in my house maybe three years ago, I'm sitting on my bed, I'm talking to her about this, and I I felt the relationship like this. And I was like, hectic. There is a path of conversation right now where she is out of my life and she never comes back. I felt that. I was like, what? Well, you felt her wanting to say something to you? No, I felt, I just, it's like we were talking and I just felt, I was like, whoa. I'm gonna go. I'm unstable. She, uh, she, may, she may leave this room and I never talk to her again. Oh. Right? I, I felt that. I was like, whoa. And it's like, the, it was like, there was an earthquake and I was like, holy shit. Now, I was, I mean, I was probably 22 when this happened, or 23 when this happened. Let's say I was 23. It doesn't, it's not just when you're a little boy. The amount of work I had to do to, to clear and heal all the stuff that came from that moment is unbelievable. I'll give you a couple of examples of defense mechanisms. Number one, unless it's black and white, don't trust yourself. Because the reason I fucked up is because it was gray. That's really gonna fuck you up. I was, it was gray, and I made, I made a judgment call, and the judgment call was so not what it needed to be, and so I was like, okay, great. Don't, don't be gray. Great, because again, this is your brain. It's like, okay, how did we get here? And this all happens subconsciously, right? How did we get here, okay? First things first, don't trust yourself, unless it's black and white. That's, that's the first decision it made, okay, great. Anytime I was in a great situation, I would freak out. I wouldn't make a decision and I'd try and find the rule. What rule do I need to follow? Because the rule was black and white. Okay, great. Second thing, don't trust me, trust my girlfriend. For the next, probably the next four years of our relationship, anytime we were in uncomfortable territory, I would defer to her. Couldn't trust yourself. Couldn't trust myself. Because I, I trusted myself before and I fucked it up. So I would defer to her. Right? And, and I could go on and on and on and on and on, right? And so this was five years ago. I was, you know, some I'm somewhere between teenager and adult at that time. And it happened, right? Went through a big trauma, right? And, and trauma is just, you know, emotions that you, an emotional experience that you don't feel comfortable, like, that you feel is beyond your capacity to deal with. Let's just define it as that. Wait, say that right? again for me. Trauma, trauma is just an emotional experience that you feel overwhelmed and unable to deal with. And I don't mean like, you know, you, you were getting your hair, you're getting your hair done and you know, the barber, you know, shaved too much of your hair off and now, now your hair cut like shit and you're so overwhelmed by it. Like that's, God. that's not the trauma. But that could turn into. No, it couldn't. It, there's, it, it's, it could turn You have to draw a line somewhere. Yeah, yeah, okay, right? like, so, so let's just define it like that. And then again, there was a part of me that got trapped in that moment. And the part of me got trapped in that moment because it's like, I don't want to be here ever again. 
and it didn't actually deal with the emotions of that moment, the experiences and pain of that moment, because I wanted to get out of it, because it was painful. It was painful to feel like I had nearly just lost my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I definitely don't want to feel this. How do I not feel this? Well, I take the emotions and I bury them. Right? And again, this is all subconscious. Right? Okay, take the emotions, bury Bury the emotions deep in the body and let's lock them away and throw away the key. Okay, great. But I also don't want to make the same mistake again because that means I'll have to feel this again. Okay, great. Let me build defense mechanisms, mm. which is just a habitual way of thinking or acting or being so that I don't have to come back here. Done. Wow, and because it's so it's subconscious, yes. like you don't even know it's taking up energy. No, and like, that's exactly, how much energy exactly would that be taking yes. up? Well, I mean, like literally, most of the guys we meet, ninety-five percent of the energy when they wake up in the day is pushing stuff down. Right, is keeping this stuff that they've got locked up locked away. Hmm. Right, and you're at war with yourself. Like, dude, I spent so much of my life at war with myself because. I'll give you an example. That's that thing where I felt like there was something wrong with me. Okay. Part of me feels like there's something wrong with me. Another part of me feels like there's nothing wrong with me. Okay. If they're directly opposed to one each other, they're, they're fighting. They're fighting a war. And they're fighting a war to control my behavior. And your brain is constantly trying to control your behavior to keep you safe. Mm. That's your brain's job. Right? You can't be, you've had the controls. I let you be in charge when you were four, five, six, 12, 15, 50. And you screwed it up. You you broke it. You got a divorce. You cheated on your girlfriend. You lost all the money. You whatever it is. You fucked up. Okay, great. You can't be trusted anymore. I'll run the show. And so this is how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bury all the things that you don't want to feel, put them down there, because you don't you couldn't deal with it at the moment, so you're definitely not gonna be able to deal with it now. And let me make sure that you stay away from the basement and that I run your life because you can't be trusted. And that's the default position for, I would say probably every person that we know, except the people that have come and done the work. Mm. Really, really interesting there. Um, what I, what's coming up for me is, you know, you talk about, um, you talk about, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought. Hunters, hunters and gatherers, yeah. right? You talk about hunters and gatherers. Now, yeah. This like uh, the the job for the brain, be it protection, it's mm -hmm. always trying to protect us. Mm -hmm. Do you know if we fast, you know, backtrack two thousand years ago? Yeah, um, two hundred thousand years ago. Two hundred thousand years ago. Hunters and gatherers. Yep. Do males and females have that same protection mechanism? Yes. We both have that. Yes. But is there a difference because we're the hunters and they're the gatherers? Uh, Yes, there is a difference, but not in this. This is this is the same for women and men. Got the it. difference it's a survival thing. It's a survival thing, hundred yeah. percent. There is a difference though, and the difference. And again, when we say men and women, we mean men who are masculine at their core, women who are feminine at their core. There are women who are masculine at their core. There are men who are feminine at their core, and there are people who don't feel like they fit in either box. Great, right? But when we say men, that's what we mean, and we mean that for all future episodes, so we don't have to keep saying. It. Mm -hmm. All right. So the difference is in how we relate to that system. Let's. That protection system that we've just explained, right? That's like, man, you could go spend 20 grand on self-help and never have that system explained to you. And that's the thing. That is the thing that's running, right? That thing of go through a traumatic experience, bury the emotions, build systems of thinking, actions, behaviors, emotions, so you don't go through the same thing again, right? That system, men and women relate to it very differently. Women, oh, it's like, and again, just for context, you know, I worked with women for two years straight. I've literally spent 
Like I spoke to over a thousand women. One, like I've just, I've got so much data of sitting with women. Their ability to move through that system is so different. Like accept it, let accept it, it let it go, there. be with talk her. about it. Like it's just their ability to to move through that system. It feels very natural to me. Okay, it feels like you know, it, and again, because I ask women about this, because I'm like this, you know, we again helping guys connect to their spirit for us. It takes three days. It genuinely takes three days to get guys where they're deep in their spirit. You've sat it across the table from me and we've worked with women and it took her literally five minutes. Like, and that was, she was probably a difficult case. Mm. Most women, it's two questions. You know, what happens if you try and let go of your mind and then that you keep asking that question. And by the way, if you're a woman watching this, try this, keep asking yourself, but what if I let that go until you reach a place of nothing? Then when you get to the place of nothing, say what's underneath nothing. And I have sat with so many women and done this exercise and they start crying because they're full of connection with whatever spirit is, right? And you can use whatever metaphor you want. Now, I've spoken to both women who've had children and a midwife about this. And women who've had children would tell me, you know, MJ, there's this moment of childbirth where I was resisting and pushing and doing everything I had to have this child. And then at some point I just had to, and this is her direct words, I just had to let go and trust the body. That's what she said to me. Right, so I had that. I was like, that's very interesting because we don't ever have to do that, right? We don't ever have to just let go and trust the body as a like life or death for either ourselves or another life. Yes. It's never like that for us in our whole life. We'll never have a situation like that, right? The I don't know, I wasn't going to say that, joke. right? The second thing is that talking to a midwife and having hearing her experiences, she's like, the whole thing, the whole process of birth is just energy and letting go. That's what she said. She's like, yeah, and the doctor comes in and they think they're doing shit, but it's just, where's the woman? Where's she feeling? She's feeling safe. Can she let go? Mm. As soon as she let goes, the body handles it. So I think women have evolved this capacity of letting go and trusting because they need to. Can you imagine trying to give birth to a child where you fight the process the whole way and your body's, it's coming out no matter fucking what and you're fighting it? I actually think you know, the, the work is done before as well. Like mm. What happens if they've got you know, 20 years of, of support Suppressing. Right? Yes. They're not gonna have a child smoothly. Yes. No way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Induced with drugs, cesarean, yep. whatever it may be, like yep. a whole list. Yeah. And so I'm frequently stunned by women and the feminine's capacity to just do the work that's so difficult for us guys to do very easily. Mm. It's stunning. It's really stunning. And they get so frustrated by men because they're like, why is this so hard to you? And it's like because we're not naturals at it like you. It seems very natural for them. Right. It's, it, and that's, yeah, it is so natural for them. So is the system the same? Yes. How we relate to the system, completely different. It, mm. It's like for, for women, helping women through that system, it's really just reminding them of things that they already know and saying, hey, you know those moments in your life where you're in flow and every woman will say, yes, I know those moments. I'm like, cool, just do that more mm. and trust those moments. And they're like, great. And then their life becomes magic, mm. right? With men, not the same. Right. First of all, you know, in my experience, just the amount of pain that men are in is unbelievable. Right. Like it's it's absolutely crazy how much pain the average man is in, because his natural mode of being, he's been taught his whole life, is push forward. Mm. Is push forward. Now, if you have a brain that's designed to keep you small and safe, and you're pushing against that. You're in an arms race with your brain. Mm. Your brain's going to push back and then you're going to push harder 
and your brain's going to push harder. And here's the thing about your brain. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. It's, it speaks in your head. It literally speaks in your head, in your voice, has access to all of your memories, right? It, it, it will beat you 100% of the time, right? And so for men, they resist the system. The system's not natural for them to move through. And because of that, the system's so full of pain that they just give up. And uh, the pain works. Yeah. The pain, the pain actually works. Yeah. I had a guy came up uh, to me after I KYD in Melbourne and he said, I said, man, like, you know, how are you going? Where are you at with things? Like he raised some questions and I thought he'd be a great, great fit. And I said, you know, where, where are you at with things? He said, oh, um, I enjoy that I hate myself. And I was like, whoa. And yeah. I dug a little bit deeper and he said, no, the pain works for me. Yeah. And he says, it helps me get to the gym. I know I'm a fat piece of shit, so I keep going. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And he could just see this negative self-talk that was yeah. coming up for this guy. Yeah. But he was like absolutely reveled in it working. Yeah. It, it being the thing. Yeah. And I knew if we were to dig a little bit deeper, like, you know, we could get to the base of that for yeah. sure. And he would really see that it's not working. Yes. Um, but, if, you know, let's do a little bit here, like yeah. maybe two minutes. Yeah. And then I want to touch like something a little bit lighter. Right. Just for everyone, you know, watching this to to finalize with like a KYD, maybe a message for the men. Yeah. Someone that's sitting at home listening to this, yeah. knows a bit about your work, you know, have had somebody go through a KYD, what do you want to say to them? Yeah. That's, let's park that. Great. Um, but the first thing is... Two minutes, man, that's good. Yeah, be. yeah, the, f the first thing is like, why does the pain work? Yeah. You know, we've got David Goggins, yeah. uh, to some extent, who's your guy on the wall over here? Uh, Jocko Willink. Jocko Willink, yep. like there's some stuff yep. there for sure. Yeah, I feel like there's something different, but yeah, yeah, different. Different. let's dig into this, sorry. Yeah. Let's be, let's be very straight. Using pain to get yourself to do things works. End of story. Great. Right? Like, great. We can pick David Goggins off the wall, right? He has achieved massive levels of success in his life. Unreal. And he used pain, right? Again, you read his book. His book is called, You Can't Hurt Me. Or can't, 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 can't hurt me now. Can't hurt me. Can't yeah. hurt me now. I'm like, isn't, <laughs> isn't that interesting? Exactly. That, that your your starting assumption is someone's gonna hurt me. That's what I hear when I hear the talk. I'm like, huh? Isn't that interesting? That's what he that felt. your starting assumption is someone's gonna hurt you. Now you know about his life story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. So what he's done is he said, okay, in a deep level, I feel like people are gonna hurt me. Let me become the toughest motherfucker on the planet, and then no one can hurt me. Great. He succeeded in that. Great. Tick. Like fucking full stop. Okay, great. Now let's look at that a little bit deeper and we're not making that wrong or bad. What if there's another way? Imagine living a life where your starting assumption before you get out of bed is that people are going to hurt you. That would suck. Everywhere you go. That'd be terrible. Every relationship, people are going to hurt you. And the only way that they won't hurt you is if you're the toughest motherfucker on the planet. That's his life. Two divorces. And look, I don't want to go like, yeah, he's yeah. fucking winning. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. But it's like, huh, that's one way of doing things. What if the other way of doing things is looking at this stuff, the stuff that made you feel like everyone in the world was going to hurt you and let that go. What happens then? Can you become the toughest motherfucker on the planet? If you want to. Sure.
but it's not force. So this guy who's saying, I love, I love hating myself, it's getting myself to the gym. Two things in that. Number one, he doesn't love hating himself. He's just so terrified of change that he's rationalized his way into it. That's the, that's the first thing. Right? It's so much easier for him to be a big macho dude who loves hating himself and loves pain mm. than it is for him to do the, the terrifying and vulnerable work of him actually confronting his emotions. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, sure, it does work, but on what metric? How are you testing? How do you know it works? That's a good question. Right? Yeah. What if we broaden our metrics of life to a whole life? Not business, not the gym. Sustainability. Not, not it. And sustainability. Yeah. How do we go to life where we're still crushing it? We're still getting it done. We're still achieving our goals. And we have a healthy marriage. And we're an incredible father. And at the deepest levels, we feel, we feel joyful and purposeful and loving. What if that is possible? Because let me give you the answer. That is possible. Right now, I have sat in rooms with guys who've achieved every level of success on any metric you want. You know, being with Victoria's Secret models, worth nine figures in net worth, um, travel the world, have amazing bodies, been in the special forces, like the set. I've, I've worked with someone from every set who've achieved massive success, right? Okay, great. I've sat in a room with a guy who was worth so much money he had his own private plane and he said to me, you know why I really bought the plane, MJ? I'm like, why? I bought the plane so no one could ever stop me if I needed to run away. I'm like, isn't that interesting? <laughs> I'm like, wow. Because I meet guys who are at the upper echelons of success and they don't enjoy it. They're not fucking happy. Yeah. They hate their fucking work but they feel like they have to do it to make themselves feel like they're enough. And I'm like, okay, awesome. Why don't we play a different game? Why don't we play a game where you can have fun and joy and a great relationship and be a great dad and still crush it in your business? And they're like, is that possible? I'll give you three examples. Lauren Buffett, uh, Richard Branson, and Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. You hear Oprah talk about her work, she literally says, your job is to find the highest, deepest, truest expression of who you are and bring that to the world. That is so different to go crush it. No one can hurt you. Mm. Richard Branson, first question he asks himself before any business, am I going to have fun in this? If the answer is no, he doesn't do it. Warren Buffett talks about his relationship with Charlie Munger, his right-hand man. He says, oh, we've never worked a day in our life. It's always been fun. Huh. Maybe there are these small outliers, right, who are doing it a different way. And let's trust that and see what happens. And I can talk about it in my own life, you know, the last year of business, last year, I was in maximum pain mode. And eventually I just hit a point where I was like, I, I actually don't want success if success is becoming David Goggins. And what I mean by that is becoming addicted to pain and pushing myself through pain. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. I've been through so much trauma in my life, felt so much depression, anxiety, like just been through so much darkness. I was like, I don't want to have to use the darkness because I have that dark side. I have it. I know what that is like. I, you know, there's a part of me that really likes being that energy, but I'm like, I don't want to have to use that to achieve success. What if there's another way? And the other way is to confront the stuff and let it free. And then you're free to do what you want because the starting assumption for all of these people is resistance. There's, I'm going to resist doing what I want, what I feel like I need to do. I need to get up and take a thousand sales calls. I know I'm going to resist it. I'm mm. like, why? 
how, like, why? Right, it's a great book, The War of Art. I read that and I was like, yeah, resistance is the enemy. And I was like, hold on a second here. What about if instead I work on letting go of the resistance? Well, that's not possible. Says who? Says who? Right? Why do you have to resist doing the things that you know you should do? What if there's a way of being, a way of moving and of, of like of moving the pieces around of who you are, the puzzle of who you are in such a way where there isn't resistance? And you can just decide what you want to do. And even do if it. there was, you could work through it. Exactly. Yeah. You could work with it. Exactly. Because yeah. the old way of being is you come up against a cliff and there's a barrier and you just beat your head against that barrier until you break through. That is David Goggins. What we're talking about is you come up against a barrier on top of a cliff and you're like, why am I creating this barrier? What do I need to let go of about myself, how I think, who I am, so that this barrier di disappears and I can jump. You're still scared, but you don't have to break your skull breaking down a barrier to get to the other side. Sometimes you're actually more scared. Yeah. Way more scared. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's actually about you. It's not about this pain mechanism. It's not about what you should or shouldn't do. It's your choice fully for you in your spirit rather than your mind. So mm. yeah, man, I mean, that's what we do. Like, and it's scary and it's hard and it's difficult, but if you can do it, magic happens. And we just, I mean, I've seen it in my own life. You've seen it in your life. Like. We have so many people who've come through and their life has just changed so dramatically that it works. Now, it's a lifelong pursuit. And it's so important to realize, you know, if I'm the teacher in this situation, it's like the work is here and then all of us are underneath it, right? And you know, one of the things you'll see in my seminars, if I get triggered, or in our seminars, if I get triggered enough, I sit in the chair and someone facilitates me. You've done that, mm -hmm. other members done that. Like we're all constantly working. And we're all constantly dealing with it. We're all constantly approaching it. And this is like, I mean, look, if, if you want to come to a KYD, first of all, like they're free. They'll be free in America for start of next year. They're currently free in Australia. Uh, and then we're going to start charging for them. But like, you know, it'll probably be 50 bucks, whatever the price is. And we'll give you your money back if you didn't get enough value out of it. And like, we'll cash on the net. But you just come and tell us. <laughs> like, literally, the second you like, literally, we'll just have a wad of cash up the back and don't come and rob us. And the second that you don't get value, come and tell us cash back immediately, right? And that's like, that's that's a law, yeah. right? Like you can, I mean, you can stand up in the middle of the seminar, interrupt me, and ask for my money. And look, we'll have a conversation about that. Yeah, like <laughs> like I'll give you your money back. Then. I'll have to get someone else to go get the money out. Like, look, we can figure that out, right? So you've got there's literally nothing to lose. The second thing is, well, what can we offer you? Man, we can offer you the child's book in how to just get out of all of the shit that you're in in your life. Now, you have to keep reading it. You, you can't read the book once and that's it, you learn it, right? You, you keep reading it every single day. You have to keep relearning to get the lessons, to get it deeper, to keep working on who you are. But then there is a point where you become so masterful at the game that life just becomes bliss. And that's hard. It takes a couple of years of, or however long it takes of work, but there is a point where the game just changes so dramatically that you're just living a different life. And I'm in that place, you know, I reckon you're, you're approaching that place, you've got another guy who's in that place, and yeah. That's dope. Yeah, that's super dope. I like it, man. Any final thoughts? <sighs> I feel like we could go for another four hours. I'm so amped up. I know, I can see that. Yeah. It's been 59 minutes. Yeah, I'm so exactly. I'm so cheap. Look, we are, the thing I'd say is that, you know, we've got many more to come, yeah. right? So, um, 
I we really went all over the place today, yeah. and, that, and that's the best part about these things. I, I think uh, you know maybe even next time we can start to bundle things together, like mm-hmm. you know masculine, feminine, child, like little boy. Yeah. Um, you know, even some some stuff that we see in the room with guys, like yeah. more examples, like yeah. you know, we, we really can go anywhere with this. And I yeah. guess today is just uh, the initiation yeah. test. Well, I think we should just keep doing this. Yeah, this is awesome. Hell yeah. Anything you want to say? No, man. Um, I'm I'm good. Like it's been. It's if you're listening to this, like welcome. Yeah. Uh, True. Starters. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Um, and thank you. Like and you've just spent. Thank you. You've just spent an hour of your life with us. Yeah. Uh, and that's not something that we take for granted. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, and this is so important, like everything we do is about you guys. Mm. Um, whoever you are listening to this, what, wherever you are in the world, whatever year this is, you know, we just said all of that. So something hits you and something makes sense for you. So you can go and, you know, tell your wife you love them. Tell your boyfriend that I want to marry you. You can be with your kids and be slightly less angry. You can ask your boss for that promotion. You can just make some change in your life to like help, you know, help you against the ocean of suffering that we're all dealing with at any moment. So yeah, welcome. And thank you for being here and like, yeah, reach out and say hello. I just don't think the last thing we'll probably finish on is, uh, at, the, at the moment of recording, Jono is single, just for all of you. Co- correct. I, <laughs> I, I am single, ladies. We're probably gonna get a shitload of men. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah. swing that way, yeah. Uh, yeah. but. Yeah. But he's pretty, he's pretty sellable. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're coachable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, just, just lastly, welcome if you're new and if, if you're, if you're old, if you're, you know, if you've been through a KYD or a container or, you know, or our future programs. Um, thank you for listening and also yeah. share. Yeah. Like you know, keep spreading the message. You talk about this all the time after the containers. Like, you know, the way we're going to make a cultural shift and change a conversation is actually by um, the men that come through this work affecting. Uh, the people that are around them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Boss. Peace out. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.